0: Uh, some of the signs of this I'm noticing as I go through my career, uh, you, every time you you know your technical debt is starting to show. You're basically catching up. You know, right. your 18 months of interest free or over. Uh, <laughs> you know, and you're starting to see it. Like everything's getting harder. You you have to dig through all this. Like, what does this mean? Why is this doing this? Where does this really go? Why didn't they do it this way? Uh, moments. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're going through it, saying, "I wish it was another test. I wish." Um, this worked a little differently or better or faster right. or I wish I could do this. And it's like you keep hitting those and you're just kind of, you know, whether it's on the front end or the back end, you're just kind of putting them off as like, oh, I don't have time for this now. Oh, I don't have time for this now. Right. But to get there where you had to get to, you just lost so much momentum and energy. Right. I believe, if you, I, I want to make a, a shirt that can have an energy level bar that would actually go down during the day because I swear that's the stuff that just drains you. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you had time to do those things, you would hit them less every time you dig into your code and, and, and you would be less drained.
1: Yeah. Hey, welcome to Developers Hangout, a podcast for developers by developers, a place where we get together as often as possible and discuss a wide range of topics, from the books we're reading to the latest news and commentary on other tech podcasts. I am Nathan Kirschbaum, and I also have here... Hey, this is Al Nutilli. All right. How you doing, Al? Oh, good. Yeah. Good.
0: (laughs) I like how we now say joining as... uh, doing this as often as possible. uh It's... it
1: is hard. It's really hard, especially as uh business business heats up and things are just kind of um moving along, it gets really it gets really tricky on uh, yeah. family and everything else. Um yeah. but we do really enjoy these. We're going to try to start doing them a little more regular. We'll see how it goes. Not really committing. Yeah. We're not really committing to too much yet, but we want to uh we want to definitely keep yeah. doing it on a regular basis. So um well, we
0: have that list of topics we still want to go down and I did that uh uh, invite to somebody, hopefully get them to talk about how they move to the CD uh, con- t- continuous delivery.
1: Yeah, That would uh, be awesome. That would be really exciting. Yeah, um, We have a nice show for you today. Um, we're going to go into some news. uh going to cover some new f- uh, Laravel fi- 5.3 features. And then we have uh, an interesting topic for uh, kind of our main conversation. But before we do that, let me just take a moment and introduce PHP Architect. Um, they are sponsors uh thank you very much php architect um if you guys are not familiar with php architect um they they have been continuously published since 2002 uh they are a obviously php magazine and the magazine is the only technical journal dedicated dedicated exclusively to uh the world of php so that's pretty exciting they do they have all kinds of stuff they do they obviously put on uh uh couple conferences at least a year sometimes i get involved in more um they do have a lot of publications new they have a lot of books new books coming out all the time um trainings um just a lot of stuff you can also get if you're interested in like php shirts or uh, i don't know beer mugs and that kind of stuff they have, they have that kind of stuff as well um so check them out at phpark.com. um yeah yeah and I, they've got a uh, they've got you can get the, you can actually get the um the newsletter in print or or digitally, uh, I do both. I'm actually excited about. They've got a new their latest article. They've got or their latest edition. Um, they've got some really cool stuff on cryptography that I've just started reading. I may t- I may talk about it in a future podcast. So yeah, yeah. It's the first of the month tomorrow. So new new uh, new issue. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Um, well, let's just jump into news and other happenings then. Okay. Um, one thing I wanted to so. I, I think we're going to do a little bit of it just because we're going to we're kind of going to do a little bit of a deeper dive into Laravel 5.3 features, a lot of which were just discussed at the um, most recent Laracon. So that's exciting. Um, but I so we're going to keep the rest a little short, hopefully. But I did want to bring up, um, you know, in our work, we've been, both Al and I have actually been getting into um, machine learning um, and kind of, Digging in there and seeing what it can do. I think we're actually going to talk about this as machine learning proper um, in a separate kind of in a separate deep dive in a future uh, a future podcast. Um, Al's been focusing on a lot of different things, but one interesting area I'm excited about is AWS um, and 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 just different APIs and what are offered. Um I've been I there both of us have been working with machine learning and artificial intelligence for clients uh, as necessary over the last year or so. Um but one thing that was really hard for me to get into at first was just kind of understanding like well what is machine learning what's the difference between machine learning and artificial intelligence and it turns out there's there's a lot of there's a lot of things to know. Um but I wanted to uh, link to an article called Machine Learning is Fun. Um, and it t- touts itself as the world's easiest introduction to machine learning, and it's really nice. It actually starts out really easy, doesn't get too complicated in math too quickly, and just gives you some of those like high level um, uh, high level concepts. And then it actually there's actually a four part series um, that will start getting more into the math and s- uh, start getting into like some of the different algorithms. Uh, machine learning algorithms that are out there it'll um you know go between supervised and unsupervised learning um lots lots of interesting stuff so i won't go into the details here it's um it's pretty in depth uh but really really uh good read pretty quick read for anyone who's just kind of a little bit curious about what people you know What people mean when they say AI or when they say, um, machine learning, I actually used to think that AI, like they they actually have broken AI down into several different categories, but the highest one is like what they're calling strong AI versus, uh, not strong AI or or just regular machine learning. Um, which strong AI would be more like what we would think of as like our mind thinking. Um, so like a, like a computer, uh, doing the things that humans can do, uh, which are not really quite there yet. Although they've made quite a, quite a number of, uh, advances. So anyway, now I'm, I'm still getting into a little more detail, but check this article out. Cause it's, um, <laughs> it's a really fun one. All
0: right. And, uh, we're stealing something from another podcast where they try to do a minute each, uh, section. Uh, what was that brain food or something? Yeah. It was a cool right, podcast. Right. Um, Three Horizons of Innovation. Uh, This came up uh, recently as I keep watching videos by Jez Humble and other people in that industry, uh, in that part of the industry. Uh, And basically, uh, it it really caught my attention when you think about uh, managing teams, managing projects, managing goals, uh, and how we as developers or as those people who managers can see and manage uh, relative to the horizon they're focusing on. So it's a really good read about you know, splitting up the resources and, and and allocations of those resources based on this model. So it leaves some time for developers to be creative and um, push on some ideas that might be out there, but uh, worth investing in, but at the same time, um, focusing uh, enough time to make money. So it, it's a nice model.
1: Yeah, it sounds really cool. I got to dig into yeah. it further, but... Um it was it was kind of fun to read because like the, he basically broke it up into um, three categories. One one yeah. one which is kind of like your your business your kind of core business which is already successful yeah. already chugging yeah. along, and then you've got this like middle area where you've like already proved that there's like a business concept there, and it's just kind of like not quite part of your core piz- business yet, but. Uh, it's yeah. definitely no proof of concept. And then you've got your third area, which is where kind of he, the way he describes it is like your mavericks are the, like the people that you might typically fire, but or, or who might typically be like uh, CEO type uh, personalities uh, who are who are actually like uh, doing things really fast and really effectively outside of the normal constraints of a typical uh, corporation or government entity. It's really interesting.
0: Yeah. We'll talk about it more down below because it applies. Oh, yeah. Good point. Yeah, good, yeah. good.
1: Um so I found I came across a library recently that I just thought was really cool. Um yeah. I haven't come across I, I haven't run into this recently, but um w- w- I'm sure it'll come What's it called? Uh, So it's yeah. called it's uh it's called Migrations Generator and I'll we'll link to it uh in the notes. But basically what it allows you to do is gen- generate migration lar- like Laravel migrations uh from from an existing database uh which I imagine would be super helpful if your um inheriting a project that either a laravel project or just a project that like has has a database where you need a like it's kind of a uh uh, where there's already a start that where someone did something outside of migrations which is never a good thing Uh, but this happens all the time where someone will inherit a project or they'll uh be they'll be doing a project where they have to um basically migrate everything over to a new healthy system and i think this could be a really big help because you basically will uh create the create the migrations for you and then you have to you know based on the existing database and then you have you know i'm sure there's some editing and things you'd need to do um but i'm pretty excited to try it out the next time uh the next time i run into that scenario so figure i'd mention no, it's it.
0: really neat yeah. if you have, if you inherit a project that's perfect right right All right. The next one is serverless. Uh, I think I've mentioned this before, but just digging in more, I have a couple of links to, uh, their documentation and a conference and serverless is the mindset of, uh, using AWS to, um, uh, use Lambda, Kinesis, their API routes, uh, uh, their queuing systems, everything, SNS and, and not having to manage any servers. Uh, so it's really a great idea. And, um, you know, as a Laravel focused developer, it's it's always interesting to see when something else starts to challenge your um, your paradigm of like how to build things. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the conference, uh, one of the speakers there is uh, the AWS director for Lambda oh, wow. uh, group. Yeah, so it's it's you know it's official stuff. It's it's pretty neat.
1: Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I've been wanting to get more into that. Hopefully, we'll dig into it uh, in a future episode in more detail. Um, but it's uh, it's always kind of struck me as as a as a as a funny thing to think about. Um, we'll see when we get into it. I, it's hard for me to like it. it it's so it's sort of funny. It's almost like a magical word. Like it's really not. It's it's really not like there's not servers powering this thing. Yeah. It's just you're not ever having to interface or deal with them. It's kind of like Which black box stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's great. It's great. Um, and I imagine there, you know now that they have with um, Docker and the c- containerizing things and you know you can you can. You can spin these containers up in milliseconds, uh, whereas, you know, uh, spinning an EC2 server up can take a while. So um, I'm I'm really excited to dig into it more. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of that kind of stuff in there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it could start working right today inside of our existing apps. Yeah. Something to think about.
1: One thing I'm curious about, which we'll find out later, I'm sure, when we review it more, is, like, how can we, you know, how can we... um, so, like, Lambda right now is kind of limited, I think, in terms of programming languages. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's getting better. I'm excited no, to look it's into got
0: that. it n- Node and Python. I mean, you know. Right.
1: But if you're going to have a completely serverless app with Node and Python, like, I, I mean, yeah. I've, you know, I can work with that a little, but yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a PHP you're, guy. You are saying, yeah, <laughs> I was going to so. yeah, from a
0: <laughs> PHP developer standpoint, yeah. Um, it, it makes sense what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but if you're just iterating over things or sending out emails, right. uh, you can easily dump things from Laravel into there. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and let it take care of everything. Offload a lot of um, that. Sure. Yeah. It's a good point. It's It's a good point, though. I mean, it is a different paradigm.
1: Yeah. Well, I've seen the reason I mention it is I've seen like videos and stuff where where people are um, running their entire stack serverless, <laughs> uh, which is is kind, of, kind of interesting. But yeah. anyway, and well, it has a unit testing framework built into it. So oh, it's wow. Kind of nice. Uh, yeah. yeah.
0: All right, now the big part we're going to talk about, really uh, part of the news, because it's not the deep dive, is Laravel 5.3. Uh, for non-Laravel developers listening, um, it, it won't last forever. We will be done shortly. Uh, and then we'll get into the deep dive, which is going to be about slowing down to speed up uh, a challenge we face day to day as, as um, new projects are going or, or old projects are going. And, and it seems like we never have time to just take time to to sharpen our tools to to uh, keep moving forward effectively, um, but first we 'll cover larval uh, five point three updates because uh, they're they 're pretty neat and it would be interesting to just think about them from how they affect us day to day which I think uh, Taylor Otwell uh, does a really g- great job of of coming up with practical uh, solutions, things that are really going to help make our work easier mm-hmm. uh, being someone who has his own products and has worked in the industry, I think he has a good uh, knack for that. Absolutely. Uh, and I pulled a bunch of links from the awesome LaravelNews.com. They just do a great job. And Scotch.io, which I've come across a few times, and appreciated their little uh, news uh, tidbits on things. So we'll go down a list of the features that came out and just uh, just chat about them real quick. Um, so <laughs> I'm glad I did awesome notes too. So the first one is Laravel Scout. It's a search... Uh, Plugin uh, so that you could use this facade to do full text search on your database or uh, on your uh, documents and so forth. Uh, so that's the first one, Laravel Scout. Yeah. Uh, and it's only one provider right now, but the one point they made is
1: hey, you can make other providers around this. It's, it's
0: an interesting idea for a
1: SaaS. Yeah, it's interesting for a SaaS, or I wonder if people use it to just optimize search. Um, on their, you know, like, so for example, like, there might, you might, I don't know if this makes sense or not, but, um, it might make sense at some point to just, like, have a, like, a Redis driver that allows you, mm-hmm. like, so if you don't want to use a service provider, I forget the one that they use, um, it's the one they use on the Laravel documentation. Yeah. Uh, Legio or something. Yeah. Yeah. Legio. But, um, you might want to be indexing, you know, so like for those, yeah, most of you probably know this, but search is really, can be really intense on, on, on the site and the, the resource in the database, because, um, if you're, if you're doing searches just across the database, um, with with thousands or millions of records uh it just gets really intense and so one of the ways to offload that is to index it obviously and you can use third-party uh service providers just like uh, they're recommending here with this one Um, but you could also do that yourself using like redis or there's there's a number of options out there so it'll be interesting to see if folks use this instead of like the traditional way of doing that or the more manual way of doing that
0: yeah and make other uh, services or drivers. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Be to see.
1: Absolutely. Um, another one coming out um, is uh, Laravel Mailable. So this is kind of a. Um, I took a quick look at this, and it's not. It doesn't seem like a huge change, um, it, but it's right. basically just uh, allows for easy and more um, more fluent. Uh, a ma- mail syntax for sending mail, yeah. um, and, yeah. and be being able to like easily swap that out into various yeah. uh, service providers, obviously. Um, yeah. Which neither one of those seem to affect our day to day. Yeah. Much. Yeah.
0: Um, the next one though is huge. Laravel notifications. Uh, I think it's huge because we deal with a lot of uh, notif- notifications, and we've been trying to build our own little um, library that would allow us to just deal with notifications in a in a way that it's very. Um, uh, you can basically send Slack or emails or Pusher, and you could relate the notifications to um, different resources using a mo- polymorphic uh, pattern, so that it, we could just use this in any application to do a lot of different things. Uh, it was really flexible. But this would be nice if they have one that yeah. just can plug that. It's part of Laravel and it's well documented.
1: No, it's really good. I'm excited to look at it. I'll be curious to see if it's based on. I've been using. Um, uh, for for little stuff like personal stuff or side yeah. projects, I've been using um, Jeffrey Way put together, like uh, he basically did a screen constant of how he manages notifications in uh, yeah. Alaracast and he, and, you know, including showing how his integration with Campaign Monitor works, he uses transactional email through Campaign Monitor, and he has a really nice setup that I've kind of copied and used for other things yeah. um, with base classes and other things, I'm I'll be curious to find out, it looks kind of similar to this so I'm excited to dig into it um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's see. The other thing, um, Laravel Passport, which is actually pretty exciting. So this yeah. Laravel Passport is an optional package, but what it does is it gives you full OAuth to server capacity, like uh, just ready to go out of the box. Uh, so this would be awesome if you wanted to, for example, open up your uh, application to as an API to other applications, either uh, your internal applications or uh, external applications. Uh, applications Uh, which you know we've done a bunch of times and but it can really be a headache Um, and so very much you know put put, and and this is not like so it's interesting because taylor had put together some um, for spark and for laravel 5.2 i think he'd put together like a basically really simple way of doing authentication but it it fell short on for some of the more complex application where you have to deal with scopes and things like that Um, and this will address that so it's pretty exciting
0: yeah, no, they help us a lot. We have a few of those. Uh, rollback one migration uh, it looks interesting. Um, uh, I, I haven't seen a need for
1: that in my workflow, but it looks really good. Yeah, agreed. Same thing here. Um, the other, Another thing that came up was um, blade uh, for each loops, and I'm actually pretty excited about this. I mean, it's just a minor helper function. We've all had to deal with this stuff before, um, but it does things like, you know, when you need to know what the first item is, or the last item is, or you need to know what the index is, um, things like that. Uh, and there's probably about eight or nine like helper methods on this. Uh, that that allow you to do different things um, whenever you're using the for each blade syntax. Um, so it's pretty nice. It can help you. Um, it also like it also keeps track of like in relation like the the relationship So it knows if there's parents or children in the loop and things like that. So this could help yeah. you with CSS tasks. Like if you need to apply a different different wording or different class to the last item in a loop or the first item in a loop or a specific, you know, odd odd or even, and that kind of stuff. So uh, stuff we've all worked on before and probably been working out our own little helper methods of how to do, but it's just nice to have a way built right into it that makes sense. So, Yeah. Uh,
0: uh, another one, these came from the, um, um, what was that website again? Uh, Scotchio some of these I, can, I would have sworn are in uh, Laravel 5.2, like this one, uh, introducing the new JSON column query and update methods. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is why I'm using 5.2 in a project, because with MySQL 5.7, it allowed us to dump some data in JSON but still access it um, uh, nicely. Right. Uh, so just a reminder, it's there. And, and our trouble is uh, Travis and coach uh, both don't support 5.7 easily. Uh. So we had to kind of roll back some of our thinking there, uh, sadly, um, until we can really find a good solution there. Yeah, but it's nice to see it there. I just wish we could use it. Right? Maybe we should go to Postgres, and then anybody—it's probably like been in their Postgres for like ten years by now. Right? <laughs> so,
1: yeah. The other cool thing about this, for anyone who's ever thought about or or um, or done where you you kind of just like you have a bunch of data that's like kind of secondary data, almost like metadata, and you just like dump it into one field as JSON. Um, but the, with you know, which is nice because it can, can simplify things a little, but it could also lead to complexity later if you need to like filter on or search on that data. Um, what this does is it allows a specific JSON. You can set the uh, the type of field in the database to be JSON, and not only that, but now um, the ORM uh, it, uh, n- now has a syntax for querying that. So if you wanted to query something in that JSON string, uh, there's actually an efficient way built into built in to do that. Um, and like Al was mentioning, it needs a minimum of five point seven on the um, on yeah. the MySQL. Yeah, or Go Postgres. Right, right. Um, anyway, another thing that uh, one of the things I'm I, I'm really excited about is the Laravel Echo. Um, oh, you are. I am. Wow. And well, here's why. Um, yeah. At first, I wasn't that excited about this because I was like, uh, like it's been super simple to use Pusher in Laravel for like yeah, a, but, like t- almost two years or a year and a half, like and yeah. definitely since five two. Um, yeah. But or five one. So what do like, you like about this? Though? Well, so this has... Okay, so the part that's been easy and is still easy is on the Laravel side, where you basically just create an event that broadcasts. Um, yeah. So... And so I was like, okay, well, what, what? How could they make it? How could they possibly make it simpler? And they can't really make it that much simpler. They did. They, he actually did make it a little bit simpler, but it, like just by removing. Like you, you used to specify like <clears throat> what you wanted to send send to the front end from that event. Now it just sends whatever public methods there are from that event yep. to the front end, which is nice. But anyway, that's not where the cool magic sauce is. Like what's what's cool is he's basically created a wrapper ar- on the front end that like a JavaScript wrapper. Uh, for echo that will um, you can use you, you know you could use multiple drivers so right now you, I think spark is the only one supported but you could do a custom you know you, you could do your own driver if you wanted or presumably you mean pusher yeah p- pusher right sorry yeah. what did I say yeah spark oh, yeah, it's, right yeah, so yeah. so but presumably like rabbit might have one or who you know yeah, anyone who wants to compete right yeah. um and then i'll just swap in and out so that's kind of cool because and what, is there
0: a driver for Vue or is it for uh,
1: angular um no, no no it could be used either way it basically uh, he his example was showed with, with Vue, but um you could yeah, you yeah. could very easily use it in any javascript front-end framework um yeah. so that All so right. that's really nice um one of the things though so but even that was like wasn't that big of a deal uh, w- but where it gets really cool and i'm really excited this is why i'm really excited about it is um authentication so you used to do you used to have so the way it works is on the on your back end on your server you basically broadcast off of some like unique ID and on your front end you're listening for that unique ID and the problem is is that and so typically you'd make that like a team ID or a user ID or something that's um, some random hash so, so it's a UUID but it's not really secure in that like if someone else if someone ever figured out what that hash was or whatever anyone on your website could basically listen in on that vent receive it yeah. from pusher so and I, it's, it's something that's been bothering me I, I've built I've built a couple applications that use this now and I'm like man what about the security here but he figured it out he's got a way there's now a way built into it where you can make them public or private and if it's private it basically authenticates on the back end for the for like the the current user so the so whoever the current user signed in as yeah. wouldn't wouldn't actually ever get any couldn't possibly get any messages that didn't belong to her or him so it's that's really cool. No, that's um, there's other stuff I won't go into it. There's like three or four more things that he does that's really cool. That's just like helper methods. Like if you've ever wanted to do a um uh, like uh like a chat type service where or where you're yeah. like yeah, doing stuff that. like yeah. that, uh there's some really f- helpful methods built in to help with that stuff. No, it's awesome. Yeah. Can't wait to look at it. Yeah, yeah. Um the next
0: one is just the last one and it's storing uploaded files has never been easier comment and it's basically um, some defaults that are going on or techniques to uh, use the uh, facade we 're using now, which is a wrapper around uh, PHP League uh, fly system, but now to just quickly switch it to a different uh, provider and um, it seems to be doing some md5 hash on the file name, so you don 't have to worry about any of that yeah, um, which you know is, is fine and all it 's interesting i don 't understand how to work that into my day to day. Yeah, but I I, I want to read into it to see why they went that
1: route. Yeah, I I that's a good question. I suspect it's for security reasons, uh, and and I and I suspect it's also so that you don't ever the abstract uh, them abstracting it makes it so that you hopefully never have to think about it. So the reason I the reason you'd store it in an MD5 hash instead of the file name is, and I guess this isn't as much a concern as if you're using S3 because you'd be storing things offsite. But like so, for example, what a lot of times what what people with ill intent will do is they will they will upload an image that's actually a php file and then they'll try to execute it on your on your server and so so one of the ways you can get around that or not get around it but one of the ways you i mean this is not the first way there are better ways to get around it but one of the 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 many things things, things, right exactly so uh, yeah that's that's interesting
0: it's interesting i mean i i I, you know i gotta dig into it more yeah Uh, so all these ideas um you know, will we'll affect us in some ways as we get there. Uh, yeah. I get a read up on, especially
1: the echo. That sounds really good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what do we have? a? So we're, I think we're done with the news we had, events. We had, yeah. we had a little user feedback, right? What was up? Yeah. Uh,
0: one of the listeners asked about, um, us to talk about search engines and monitoring, uh, that we use or recommend. Okay. Cool. Um, so, I mean, yeah, just to quickly touch on that. Um, uh, as far as monitoring goes, we we don't have like to monitor whether a site's up or down or forms. Um, you know, personally, I don't use anything. I built some tools like that for the place we're at now. I should point it at my site, but it's their tool, not mine to use. Yeah. Um. And uh. And and so that's you know, and it uses Behat to kind of uh, do things on the site so you can actually monitor whether a form works and whatnot. Uh, so that one, I, I don't have any, we used Wormly for a bit, but then we moved away from that as we started to try and build something a little bit more complex. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And I, w- I wonder what kind of monitoring he means too, because, um, yeah, you know, yeah. we, we use bug snag. Um, yeah, some folks yeah. out there use Rollbar. It's a little more expensive. I haven't, I haven't, um, it seems to be popular in the Laravel community recently, but I haven't really looked into it any further. Um, but bug is really nice for monitoring code. um, I don't, I don't know Are we use are we doing any server level monitoring aside from like the typical AWS tools I know I know it's like so for example yeah. sometimes we'll build yeah. in like we've built in some, cu- some custom metrics uh for for AWS CloudWatch that report back on Yeah the CloudWatch uh stuff. certain problems that we've had in the past um and you you can actually have that monitor all kinds of stuff CPU memory um Disk space, all kinds of stuff. Um, yeah, that's a nice question. Uh, thing about uh, AWS. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we um, have it so easy. There are other tools out there that out there though that help you out with that kind of stuff. I just I I haven't really used them in a while. Um, and then search engine stuff. I'm I'm not sure what he's looking for there, but I, it's been a while since I fo- focused on SEO type stuff. <laughs> it's not really. Yeah. I mean, technical SEO. I focus on a little bit, but it's not typically. Um, I don't know it's not it's not typically something i'm spending a lot of my time on yeah yeah so um, and
0: that was from uh gaffetis u daniel but that's his uh handle and i can't find his real name <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, you can always post comments under the shows uh what is that thing we use disgust will show up eventually and then you could post a comment there cool um, so latest readings for me, there's none. I just been watching endless videos about, uh, different things. Uh, machine learning, yeah. um, continuous delivery and development. So just going on that, uh, video wise and, and, reading little, uh, blog posts here and there. Yeah. Looks like you have a book though. Yeah.
1: It's not really a developer book per se. I've been, uh, it's so funny. I bounce back and forth. Like I have been, I have been reading a lot and also, and watching videos on machine learning. Um, there's actually a really great series that uh, Google put out on machine learning. I'll, I should, I'll try to find the thing and maybe I'll bring it up for the next one. But um, yeah. that I've been watching, it's like 400 videos. They basically show what kind of, uh, what kind of tech uh, algorithms they're using for, um, uh, for self-driving cars. But anyway, um, yeah, this one I've, I, it's called zero to one, uh, Zero to one notes on startups or how to build the future. Um, and, you know, this is—I don't know. I sometimes I—I don't know why I be, read these books sometimes, but I've—I've I've seen this one come up a bunch of times. It's by um, Peter Thiel, who's of course <clears throat> one of the founders of um, one of the fa- well, he's been doing such a, a bunch of stuff. But I, he first became known ra- ra- widely in, in his PayPal days. Um, but he's also a huge investor in Facebook. Uh, and other companies as well, um, but anyway like i 've been following a bunch of new people um, and they all talk about this book, so I figured i 'd just check it out we 'll see we 'll see what happens it 's not really a developer book per se um, but i 'm excited about it we 'll see how it goes.
0: yeah, that sounds like uh, not a highly recommended. <laughs>
1: Well, it depends on what you're into. I mean, if you're into like, you know, starting your own business or a startup or something like the high level stuff. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um,
0: All right. So now the deep dive, Uh, we're going to talk about slowing down to speed up. Um, It's been a big topic uh, for me lately and with others that I work with. Uh, Someone I know uh, had a really good analogy. It's like, you know, we're, we have all these tools and we're starting to dig a mine and we start off with great velocity. We're digging away, but as we get in, we we never stop to sharpen our tools to refresh ourselves. And uh, things slow down. You're like, why are things slowing down? Let's throw more people on it. And their tools dull up. Uh, so eventually you just have like a, a bunch of people who can't even fit in the hole anymore because there's not enough room with dull tools. It's not going to get any better. <laughs> right. So the point is, like, how do we slow down? To and in, in, in still make money, but at the, you know at the same time keep the speed. It's it's all for the better.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and we deal with challenges like the managers don't see that. It's like if you're not a hundred percent allocated, then something's wrong. Um, so they might not consider that in their math of allocation. Yeah.
1: Before we get too far into it, can you give us yeah. some examples of like uh, maybe just at least two of like what do you mean by sharpening a tool? Like what would be a couple good examples of sharpening your tool?
0: Well, it's a good point. I mean, it can be, uh, in in many cases, it can be. um, I like the Ubuntu movement they had a while back where they focused on paper cuts. What are those things that every day you go to work it's driving you nuts? A server not updating, a command line not working. Uh, some code you have on a library that just isn't doing something right Mm -hmm. and you never have time to fix it and every time you go do something you're just there's five other things you're like i wish i had time i wish i had time and and so by the time you got your job done you've been drained of energy and focus because of all these other things in your way Uh, so not only they slowing you down physically but mentally i believe in other things Mm -hmm. and they're kind of draining your your creative juice I, i believe um, where you just, uh, I don't know the the quality of your code moving forward is, is relative to the quality of the code you have to dig through to get there. Right. So to, to not have to, to, to start being in that kind of zone is, is just not good. I don't think. Right. And little things too, like I'll be in an application fixing something. I'm like, Oh, look at this user has to see this. This is horrible. Let me fix this while I'm here. And, and, and instead of doing that, uh, it's difficult because I know, oh, shoot, now I have to make a ticket. It's a backlog item. I have to have a meeting about it. I have to discuss it. It's like, no, at some point we should just have time to dig into these places that we as developers only know about or might only have feelings about and, and just um, and be that creative person mm-hmm. there and, and do that thing to sharpen our tools, to polish our work area, whatever it is you want to call it, to to,
1: to feel good about our day-to-day uh, interactions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that makes sense um, yeah, so, yeah so yeah so i guess there's a different perspectives of this too right because i bet i guess some of our listeners are probably just you know si- solo developers that are engaged with a, a single client or one or two clients that um but they feel the same pressure yeah, no the the same they, it's the same
0: amount I, I would say yeah but i would say they are then their own they have to be responsible for themselves like if you work 40 hours a week You have to then not bill 40 hours a week or or sell yourself out that far. You maybe want to sell out um, 30 whatever so that you have X amount of time to do these things that are affecting you. Right. Um, And and in that case, you're not going to put non-billable time into uh, a client's application. Um, That's less likely, I think, in those situations. Right. Um, but there's alternatives to that we'll, we'll talk about in a moment. But in the meantime, you, you take time to make those shortcuts better so you're easily migrating and right. getting applications up to date and your Vagrant's working well and your right. Ansible scripts are up to date and your AWS uh, or whatever infrastructure you're using is is, is sharpened up a bit right. so that all those little things that you run into, you you, you take time now to just... To just clean it up or, right. or add something new that you've been thinking about. Right.
1: Well, I think it's. De- I also think it's debatable to say that 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 time is not billable. I mean, obviously, it depends on the client, your yeah. relationship with yeah. the client, et cetera, et cetera. But if you've no, got a full time job, I, agree. I mean, if I it's know. essentially a forty hour week you know, or, 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 you know, I think they could even make argument like if it's a 20 hour a week commitment or something, because, um, like you said, it's the whole point of this, right? It's slowing down to speed up. So, uh, yeah. as long as you're not doing yeah. stuff for other clients, I think that, and, and you're not doing something that's solely for yourself or for your own business and not for the well being yeah. of the client. I think that, you know, there's a balance, obviously you need to be reasonable. You need to make sure the client's hitting their billing goals or your billing agreements yeah. or whatever, but yeah. uh, I don't think it's always unbillable.
0: No, I agree. I agree. Sometimes you're dealing with your application. You're like, hey, if we don't take some time to do indexing here, uh, you know, while I'm here, you know, these little things that, you know, you can throw them on a list, but they'll never be right, important enough. Right. It's just how it goes. Right. When a client or a, a manager looks at a list, they like, indexing, huh? Right. Maybe we should do this other feature that I can uh, explain to product owners how much, you know, more we're, we're offering.
1: Well, I guess that gets into my next question, which is, like, whether you're a single developer or a developer on a team of people or a manager of developers, like, how do you abstract that out from, like, because you're, like, you're saying is, like, clients don't, aren't necessarily going to understand that. They're not, like, if I, yeah. I could come up with a list of 10 things I want to do and they're just not going to, yeah. they may or may not understand what I'm even well, asking, let alone the importance of it. The importance right, of
0: it. so, but if you go back to the, so... I think there's two contexts and one of them is like you're on a team uh, and your team is managed by consistent people and or you're solo for consistent people, right? But you're basically a a worker for them, right? Right. An employee. I think in that case, as managers and as a team, we could do that horizon thing where like, hey, you know, you have this much time a month or a week that we can sell to make money, to to invest in the 60% horizon. That's like, we need to do this. Otherwise our revenue dies or, or, or goes down in mm-hmm. the second horizon where we need to do this because we need to invest in the future. But then there's that third horizon where like, that's your time. You don't have to have a meeting. You don't have to go over a backlog item. You don't have to explain to me just, I trust you take that time a, a week to, to just do that stuff. Right. Right. Uh, so that could be a nice way to deal with it at that level at the, at the solo developer level though. um, it's it's harder maybe um you you could i don't know what to do there like you you were saying you could kind of show it to the owner as something important right um but if they don't bite you know in some ways you're like you want to do the best you can for them so you're like hey they don't get it but now they're going to pay for this this is technical debt that they just don't understand
1: yeah it's like Um, when you go to the mechanic right like You don't necessarily like. I don't know. Like when I go to the mechanic, I usually just get like pretty much a one-liner. That's like a sentence or two. That's like saying what they're replacing. They don't tell me that they also had to like move, move, remove the alternator first and put that back in and make sure it was done to spec and replace the replace the screws if they've been rusted out and like all this. They don't tell you all that crap. They just tell you. No, I agree. You know, and so but they probably would if I went. Yeah, but you're
0: going back to that other one we talked about a couple episodes ago, and and I agree, like you want this feature and I don't feel like having to explain to you these other three things you haven't noticed is, is, is happening. Right. Right. I'm going to add that into this moment. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're coming at it from that angle too. That's another option. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, how's it? Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I totally agree with it and, and it totally makes sense. Um, you know especially as you and i like we're we're honest people and we're trying to make this thing really work well long term and not cut corners mm-hmm. and not you know you know i think I, I that makes sense to me you know you know something that they could never know they can never understand and and in that knowledge you you know things have to happen a certain way
1: right. well it's explainable too like i've i you know like it's so funny <laughs> over the years of doing this i I used to provide like detailed at like when I provided an invoice to someone I would be like here is the like 10 point thing I did for this one like here's all the stuff like basically like detailed time reports almost and it was like it would overwhelm people like they they just like didn't need to know all that so then I started looking at it as well I'm just gonna like put this into really easy to understand business language that they'll understand I finished this I I worked on the homepage or I finished this view or whatever right Um, and then if they're like dude why did this take you four hours I could be like oh well, here's why. If you really want me to take you through it, like yeah. climb on board, well, I'll take you into the code if you want to go into the code. I'll show you exactly what I did. Um yeah. and, and you know, no one's ever cha- no one's ever said like, hey, no one's actually <laughs> ever said like, hey, take me through it, but I'm always at a place where I could. Yeah. Like if someone did want to walk through, yeah. I could do that.
0: No, that's a good point.
1: Yeah. Uh
0: some of the signs of this I'm noticing as I go through my career uh, you, every time you, you know, your technical debt is starting to show, you're basically catching up, you know, right. your 18 months of interest free or over, uh, <laughs> you know, and you're starting to see it, like everything's getting harder. you you have to dig through all this. Like, what does this mean? Why is this doing this? Where does this really go? Why didn't they do it this way? Uh, moments, mm-hmm. um, you're, you're going through it saying, I wish it was another test. I wish, um, this worked a little differently or better or faster. Right. Or I wish I could do this. And it's like. You keep hitting those and you're just kind of, you know, whether it's on the front end or the back end, you're just kind of putting them off as like, ah, oh, I don't have time for this now. Oh, I don't have time for this now. Right. But to get there where you had to get to, you just lost so much momentum and energy. Right. I believe he, I I want to make a, a shirt that can have an energy level bar that would actually go down during the day because I swear... That's the stuff that just drains you, mm-hmm. uh, and if you had time to do those things, you would hit them less every time you dig into your code, and 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 you would be less drained. Yeah. Um, so those are the things, and you and you hear them in conversations with other developers on your team. You're like, you know, oh, this was supposed to be so much easier, but then I saw this, this, and this, and it got harder.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and those are the, to me, the signs that like you're actually experiencing this technical debt, and and we have to do something to 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 uh, compensate for it, mm-hmm. starting to pay the bill basically, right. Um so I mean maybe that's what this is. It's like your uh your 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 eighteen months interest free is over, time to pay the bill and and uh you know
1: Yeah. Maybe. That's definitely part of it. I know that also when teams expand very quickly, that can also be That can also make it hard, you know, like...
0: um, Well, or you learn more. It's 18 months later, and you're like, wow, this could have been so much easier, you know? Um, But yeah, the the expanding, when you say that, like people doing things differently, is that what you're thinking? Well,
1: I'm just saying, like, you know, you take a team of five people, and and, and a year and a half later, you're at 20 people. I mean, you know, you can... It just depends. Not everyone's going to experience that growth, but I think when you do, it's really hard to, like... Uh, you know, it's really hard to like maintain. I so so I look part, I look at part of the slowdown as well as, as like consistency across, uh, services, uh, consistency across applications, being able to easily like, um, switch switch back and forth, like, or, or swap out members of the team if someone's sick or if, you know, someone's on vacation yeah. for a week, things like that. Um, and that's not, you know, I think that's probably a lot easier to do when you're a team that's been working together for five years than when you're a team that's been working together for a year or less or whatever, you know. So And, I, yeah. I you know, we're not in – I don't know that we're in that exact situation, but, um, you know, I, there may be some people out there who are, um, and I think that growth can um, – can have a yeah. fact, can play a role. You well,
0: know? part of the sharpening could be documentation. Oh like, yeah. Is how many times have we said, Oh, this wasn't written right. And no one takes time to write it right. Right. Uh, and those would help in those moments of like, Hey, new team member, here's your docs and they can do it in a way you were expecting instead of having to figure it all out for themselves. Right. right. Um, so yeah, just, uh, how, how we, you know, just, uh, just the topic, you know, basically how can we slow down in our week, in our day to, to set aside some time for this, uh, so that we can know, in the end, we know it 's going to speed us up right um, so yeah the, these are things you know I, 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 no definite answers. I think those three different patterns we talked about are very helpful, mm-hmm. um, and if the managers aren 't on board, then I think the one you suggested is the is the initial one that can really get you into a place where uh, You know, you can do these things that are too hard to kind of explain and and, and kind of lose some of the momentum when you're, you know, endlessly trying to slot them in
1: from a backlog and trying to explain why they're important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think one more piece of advice that I would give, which you actually gave to me, like, so this is, again, I kind of like – I'm jumping back and forth between like people who work on teams and people who are more like freelance developers uh, working on small projects, just because I think a lot of our listeners probably do that. Um, But one of the things you told me when I first joined the team, I guess almost two years ago now, was like to be careful about, um, you know, so, so so I think like in terms of slowing down to speed up like it's all you know so there are parts of that that do fit into like a billable client framework but then i think there's also personal accountability like on the um just on your own personal growth that's really important and oh yeah you know so for example and i've seen people do this i was lucky that that i that i was warned about it and i didn't do it but the the um you know people will will get a good freelance opportunity they'll leave their job like their their full time job and then they'll just fill their time with 50 hours worth of client billable work cuz you know a lot of people yeah. need work right now yeah. and and they're not like what's happening is they're not focusing they're not taking a decent amount of time and focusing on themselves and what they need to do, which might overlap with client work, but it might be something totally different. Um, it might be watching Lyricast, uh, You know, so it may, it, yeah. it may not, it, it may not align at all with what you're doing at work, or maybe it does. Like maybe yeah. you want to, you know, maybe you do something at work and you want to try this new uh, yeah. ecosystem out or whatever, yeah. right? But that's yeah. important because that's not always billable. And when, like, I've worked with people who, when they don't invest in that, like, I've seen people go in in twelve months from like a junior developer to like a really like someone I'm really, really happy to have involved in a project, like really happy. And then I've seen people who like overload themselves with other things that aren't improving themselves or improving the quality of work that we're giving to the client. And that and that is not as, that's not a good thing. So, that, so I guess it's just something to keep in mind is that like yeah. I, when I first started, I would say, you know what? Okay, I'm only going to work like as a person, I, you know, I want to do family stuff too. So I'm going to, I'm deciding that out of all the seven days in the week, I'm going to work 48 hours in that week. Um, and what I'm going to do is 40 of those hours will be billable and eight of those hours are going to be me working on whatever I think is most important for my own uh, yeah. for, for my yeah. own tooling, really, to, to sharpen my own tools and and to yeah. speed up. And ultimately that slowing down, yeah, maybe I'm not going to be able to bill 48 or 50 hours, but... Um, I'm going to get yeah. really good at what I do, and that was my focus. And I think more people should think like if more people thought like that, it would be it would be a lot easier to find senior developers. <laughs>
0: yeah, so, no, it makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, all right, that's it uh, for this one. Uh, I think next one we'll go into maybe have that interviewer. Uh, we have machine learning. Uh, as a possible topic, and, and not from the geeky, here's this formula you don't understand because you didn't pay attention in class, to, like, how can we as developers yeah. in different languages use these uh, new tools to, to benefit right. our day-to-day work?
1: Practical applications. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. really amazing. It was blowing my mind. Is. I didn't. It took me a while to get, but once I got it, it was like, wow.
0: Well, once I realized what I didn't have to get. Right, exactly. <laughs> that formula, like, whatever, yeah. blah, blah, you know. <laughs> Uh, you know, just how do we think about it? and Where does it fit in? So that's an exciting topic I think we'll do next time. Yeah, sounds great. All right. All right, everybody. Thank you uh, for listening. We'll, we'll talk to you within a month.
1: Yeah, talk to you soon.
0: Thanks again for listening to the show. If you can just take a moment to rate us on iTunes, it's a big, big help. Or you can follow us on Twitter at Devs Hangout and tweet about the show. Another way is to visit our website at developershangout.io. Leave comments, suggestions, and see show notes. Uh, it really helps us to get the feedback, keeps us focused, gives us ideas, gives us energy for the next show. And once more, we just want to say thanks to our sponsors, Art, for putting out a great magazine every month and including us in it. Thanks again. See you next
1: show.